0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. We have a special post-game edition. Uh, I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft. sitting here with longtime college basketball reporter, Patrick Stevens, you can find his work weekly in the Washington Post, among other places. Patrick, uh, the scoreboard's still up. Butler, 80. Georgetown, 51. Both teams have come into the game 0-3. Butler had, you know, they lost all three games by 20. They hadn't scored more than 56. Georgetown actually showed some flashes against number two, UConn. Where are we? Uh, nowhere good if you're
0: Georgetown. Uh, this, was a, this was a poor performance. I mean, when you're sitting here thinking about uh over the last two seasons where this one ranks it's it's there with that marquette game coming out of the COVID pause last year yeah. uh this is not a, a butler team that was playing great like you said yeah. you know and they had been really skunked in that providence game a couple of days back i think that was almost 30 points at halftime that they were down yeah. to the friars and, and and for butler to come in and, and shoot 12 of 26 from three and only have five turnovers, I mean, it's almost laughable kind of thinking about some of the numbers that you're, you're, you're staring at there.
1: But that, that's sort of been the theme, right? You mm-hmm. play Georgetown, those are the kind of three numbers yeah. you get.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, first four games in conference play, opponents are 48 of 102 from three against Georgetown, which is 47%, which, let's face it, that's uh, that's above average. Uh, and obviously, that's not a coincidence. And Georgetown's defense has been the running problem here for many years it's not just simply this year it's not just simply over the last two seasons I think that's been kind of a defining problem of the Patrick Ewing era is that aside from basically one weekend in March of 2021 uh, it's a program that has struggled mightily at the defensive end and if you have a game like today where, where the offense isn't there either then, then you get really ugly showings like this and you know I went back and looked uh, for for Butler since they entered the Big East uh, the Bulldogs have only had two games that they won by larger margins against a conference opponent. One of them was against a DePaul team in 2014 that went 3 and 15 in the league, uh, and the
1: other one was in 2016 against the St. John's team that went 1 and 17 in the league. So we just came from talking to Patrick Ewing. A lot of what you might expect, you know, I did try and ask a bigger picture question about, you know, unfortunately for them, they just lost their 24th straight regular season Big East game, which ties a conference record. DePaul somehow did it twice. You know, big picture, I mean, we've never really, if this keeps going, we've never really seen this. Because I want to say Wainwright got, he I think he got fired after that 24th mm-hmm. game. Then Tracy Webster came in, uh, they beat Marquette, and then they end up losing a bunch of games again. Is it possible we'll see something we've never seen before? Well, with Villanova coming in, <laughs> and a cranky Villanova team having yeah.
0: squandered that game against Marquette yesterday, uh, there's a very real chance we'll see something new and something that hasn't been seen before—an even longer Big East losing streak. I mean, really, you know, I, you know looking at the Ken Palm numbers, right? Like, by percentages, this was a game that Georgetown had, I think, a 42 percent chance of winning. Their based, second best chance. It was their second best ch- chance of the remaining 17 conference games. Probably the second best chance of all the conference games. Let's face it, based on who they had they, they had opened up with there, and uh, the most likely. Uh, of the bunch is the January 24th game at DePaul. But, you know, I know, I know, you, you know, to, to borrow the old line, it's, it's, it's getting late early here. And I, I'm not really sure how many games that this team has a realistic shot at being able to win, particularly if they can't fix a defense that doesn't look
1: particularly fixable. Do you think even a seasoned, successful college coach, which Patrick has proven he hasn't proven to be um, to this point, with all the new additions, do you think even a, a very successful coach would be struggling with this group, or i guess what do, what do you think the ceiling could be for this group, given sort of maybe if in, in the hypothetical someone else's coaching
0: that is a tough question to answer, yeah, but i i I don't know that this group would be too much better yeah i mean what what sort of level of success are are, are we talking about would could could a could a elite coach coax this team to a 500 record overall? It probably seems a tall order. You know, that's probably about as far as you could you could ask. Yeah. I mean, th- this is a lot of pieces that have been thrown together, um, that haven't obviously played a whole lot together. Uh, people that have varying degrees of experience. I mean, you have a, a guy like a Brandon Murray, uh, who you know, obviously had a great game the other day against a Paul. Uh, played a good a good solid freshman year at LSU. Um, you also have a guy in a Kudu Wahab and boomerang back here and is yeah um, you know I, I don't think you know, defensively is all that great but offensively at least gives them some sort of an interior presence. Uh, Primo Spears I mean you, you think about all these guys and I mean realistically how many of these guys have played on played significant roles on really good teams? You yeah, know, Murray played on a pretty good LSU team last
1: year. As um, about the fourth, maybe best player. As maybe about the fourth best player. And Patrick's often, you know, referred to him as his his best player. And,
0: and you start going through the rest of the guys that, that are that are on the roster, and I mean, obviously a Cook. A Cook was a reserve on a on a decent UConn team when he was healthy, and he sort of looked the best and he, when he's healthy. When he's when, he, when he's the most been, complete guy. I would say so. I would say that. I, I would say that he's he's the guy that probably shows the greatest awareness and understanding. Yeah. As much as anything else.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And, And just kind of, you know, like I said, you've been around so much college basketball. Are we kind of living right now some of the worst case scenarios of when seasons go really poorly like they did last year and then you kind of run it back. Often, you know, the school doesn't want to run it back. Often the coach maybe wants to run I mean, are we kind of seeing what could possibly be, you know, last year part two and this is why this doesn't happen often?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually, especially in this day and age where, where people are even, more likely to, to have an itchy trigger finger and, and make a change early rather than late yeah you, you don't see people that deep into a tenure and, and that's not a specific knock on on anybody it's you know fifth year coach goes six and 25 you just don't see those sorts of guys get another crack at it at the at that job anyway um, or the leash is really really short. so uh, I, I think at the very least you know i, I think the phrase that, that that you used in the in the press conference was you know here we go again and it, it, it feels like that like you're sitting here on new year's day like last year when they were struggling early on there there wasn't that quite there you know how to put this like you don't believe a team's going to go oh and 19 in conference play until you see it happen yeah, but you- then when you see it happen that's suddenly in play moving forward like your
1: imagination your imagination isn't restrained from thinking oh they'll get one somewhere along the way well I think we've talked about it like they were sort of unlucky last year in that like Mm. they never really like had someone's like F performance on a night where like Caden Rice and Don Carey went bonkers from three but then you start looking now, and they've played two of their more winnable games. Mm-hmm. Ken Palm has them up to, I think, 5.5%, which sounds like... It a, 1.5% coming into the day. Which, which sounds like a low number, but it's actually huge.
0: Well, when you think about it, it's like essentially about a 1 in 19 chance. With 17 games to go, it, that is not insignificant. No, it's... It, it's, it's still, it, you know, it, it doesn't sound big, but when that's when that's your percentage... Uh, your chances of, of, of being able to – or not being able to win a game, that that's that's pretty sobering at this stage. You obviously still have a UConn. You still have a Xavier. You've still got two Villanovas. You've still got two Marquettes. Uh, and you start looking at those, and, and it is it is hard to come up with games where you're sitting there thinking, gosh, you know, they're going to be able to get enough stops to win this game. Yeah. I look at them and think that they they there's – they will probably, as we, as you alluded to earlier, they'll probably catch somebody on a bad day. But this is a team that's, if they're going to win games in the Big East, it's going to have to be eighty-four, eighty. It's not going to be a game in the sixties, just like it hasn't been for the most part here over the last several years.
1: Well, yeah, I think basically what you're describing is their loss to um, to Xavier. Like mm-hmm. they scored eighty-nine, and they still lost by double dig- digits, I and mean, it wasn't even that close. Either, right, but you, you know, know, but that's yeah. that's the kind of game that you know I think you're describing. As far as, you know, the fans that are looking at this, uh, super frustrated, what would be some of the positives you think could come out of this season? I, for me, it would be for him to maybe, and some of the transfers are young. Spears is a sophomore. Murray is a sophomore. But I think there's some frustration about, you know, I asked about Ryan Matumba, who is apparently healthy, has been passing the depth chart by Malcolm Wilson, who started the season as a manager. Um, it seems to me like the positives that could come out of the season, it's not going to have a winning record. They're not going to have a winning Big East record. But it would probably be playing the younger guys, the Denver Anglin, the Deontay Bath that got in late. I mean, can you paint the picture of the best case going forward for this group, given what we know?
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it would be easier to do that if if this was like 10 years ago and there weren't as many transfers.
1: And you would assume and guys and, would and stay. And you, and you
0: would assume guys would stay. Yeah. But it, neither you nor I or nor just about anybody else is going to realistically be, be, gonna be able to say this is what their roster is going to look like next year. Because there could there could very easily be a scenario where you know how many guys did they play tonight? They played eleven. I mean, who knows who knows how many of those guys are back next year? A bunch of them could be.
1: Well, I guess maybe you know if Ewing's back, a lot of the guys can't transfer again without a waiver. And... Yeah, but the waivers are so easy to come by at this point. Like, that's a joke. So ba- that that's yeah. a real joke. So so basically. Um, my attempt at an optimistic uh, going forward. I mean, I, I mean, I just don't, know. It's, it's, I just don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if it was ten years ago, like I said, that would
0: be the path. I, I would say, okay, well, maybe you get, maybe you get an Anglin, and maybe you get a bass and maybe you get a, you know, even guys like Riley and, and Bristol and and all those guys. I mean, really, like, how many of these guys are out of eligibility after this year?
1: Really, no one. Although they do list Wahab as a senior, but uh, he has a year if he wants. He likes has it. another
0: year if he wants it. So, like, theoretically, you you could run it back with the same group. Yeah. If you could actually keep it together, um, but if you're going to be on the road to whatever this is going to be, and it's obviously what it's five and ten right now, it's an 0-4 in the Big East with 16 league games left. It's not headed anywhere particularly um, optimistic, right? Like no, it is not. It's not. It's not headed anywhere particularly pleasant at the moment. So who, who knows? I, I I have a hard time knowing. Uh, what to make of any of this? Frank, frankly, I mean, I almost feel like you're trying to learn more about the teams they're playing rather than them, and even that's hard because when you have a team that doesn't play a whole lot of defense, like, do we have it? Was it a really good day to evaluate Butler?
1: No, I need to see them a couple more times. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go off this. So we haven't had a chance to talk to Patrick Ewing um, at an availability. Maybe there's been one. I don't think I, I did not make it if there was. Um, but like last, I said,
0: I think the last one was before UConn. I feel like.
1: Yeah, I don't think I made before that Xavier. one.
0: Maybe it was before Xavier, before Big East. Played.
1: But I wanted to get your thoughts because, like I said, you've covered all the conferences. You've seen everybody. We haven't. I haven't got a chance to ask them about it. and I don't think a post game is an appropriate time. But pretty. I was pretty surprised. Dante Harris, former Big East tournament MVP. Ended up at Virginia. I thought he was more of an A-10 level player. I was sort of wondering if I might see him in Fairfax, my, mm-hmm. the second team I like to get out and cover. Um, what do you make of the Dante Harris, and what kind of a, what kind of a risk do you think is involved with uh, Tony Bennett taking him? I don't think there's a whole lot of risk for
0: Virginia to, to, to make that move. I mean, Virginia's in a spot where, it's okay, it's one scholarship, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Um, and if it
1: does, and if it does, you got three
0: years of a... you got you have three years of of a guy who can play point guard. Now the you know the question is, and I think this is a fair question for anybody coming out of this program, especially one that's going somebody going to Virginia, where you have to play defense to be on the floor. Can Dante Harris play the requisite yeah. amount of defense to be able to get on the floor with Virginia? And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's funny because you know I don't. It took last year. Watching Maryland a lot to realize the limitations that that Wahab had had defensively because they were kind of covered up a little bit here with B.L.A. and Pickett be- because of, not because of, not just yeah basically because there's a bunch of other guys that that haven't played defense like so who whose fault is it so there's a possibility that Dante Harris could turn out to be a pretty good defensive player yeah. it's just because you're you're playing on a team that has not shown much aptitude for that that you kind of get dragged down. Uh, but that's basically going to dictate how much of a success he's going to be at Virginia is can he play defense at a at a really high level because that's what you have to do to
1: get on the floor in Charlottesville. Well, Patrick, I want to thank you after this New Year's Day. I actually did a doubleheader. Oh, you did a doubleheader too. I did. You were at- I was at UMBC. I saw Vermont, the America East champions play yes, today. So. I, saw, I saw some tweets. So we both did a doubleheader. Again, Georgetown Falls to 5-10, and 0-4. They give up 80 to a Butler team that just seemed like they couldn't break 60 if, you know, to save their lives. You going to be back anytime soon here? I'll be back on Wednesday. Okay. Catch Villanova. You you know, we talk about catching teams at the wrong time. Uh, That's probably not the best time to catch Villanova. And, you know, looking at the schedule, you're almost like, wow, you know, if they could have maybe caught caught Creighton early on with Kulkbrenner hurt, by the time they get to Creighton, they're probably going to be clicking on all cylinders. Um, You know, it's hard. It's hard to look when you get to conference play. It's hard to find the soft spots you know and if you know it's like Jimmy Johnson said when he got to the Cowboys he looked around for the East Carolinas and he's like wait there's no cupcake I'm the cupcake um so yeah it's hard it's hard to find it but um that's right we'll be back I think one more game without the students which uh you know uh, attendance hasn't been great here but that definitely does not help and I actually
0: thought the crowd was better tonight than I expected on, oh, on, no. on a holiday night. You know, absolutely, I, I thought me it, too. I thought it was actually listen. The number doesn't look awesome, It's sixty-one hundred or so. It looks awesome now. But <laughs> that, I mean, I've <laughs> but, been, but I've seriously, been like I felt, I felt, I felt like the environment was pretty solid for a holiday evening, uh, for uh, you know, two teams that were winless in the conference.
1: So the really nice woman um, that is works in parking. Like when you get into mm-hmm. the garage, she noticed me and said. Oh, you're late. I said, oh, you know, I'm working in the NFL game. And she goes, there's a lot of people here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's a, that's a nice little like, uh, preview. And then when I, I walked in, I got here, I was like, this is a pretty good crowd. He's Discourse at Twitter, which is spelled differently. with a There's a one. One rather than an I. One rather than the I. I'm at Bobby Bancroft. Thank you for listening to Kente Corner. We'll be here, and we'll see what happens as uh, the season must go on.